1: Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in
0: every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's the Hidden Entrepreneur Show.
2: Hello there. I am Lauren Heath, the empathpreneur, and I am here sitting in for Josh Carey on the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am so pleased to be sitting here with Chaz Wolf today, and I am excited to learn more about you, Chaz, and everything that you do. So spill the beans. Tell us about yourself and your journey. First off,
0: thank you so much for having me here. Um, it is an absolute pleasure. Uh, to be not only on the show, but to be with you, Lauren, specifically. I know that uh, you um, have, uh, have a little knack for this. So I'm excited to go through this process with you. So uh, about me, gosh, um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, you might call it a little crazy. I kind of I wear that chip on my shoulder a little bit. I kind of like the crazy. Um, I'm an entrepreneur in multiple industries, not to uh, overcomplicate it, but just to make it a little bit more crazy. Um, I got a background in sales, leadership, executive management. Basically, I've been someone on the sales side, uh, number one sales producer in a company out of thousands of reps, all the way to leading uh, a whole sales force for uh, Grant Cardone and Frank Kern, some big names. Um, Outside of that, obviously, I've built many companies of my own. Um, Currently, I have eight businesses, about 50 employees in three states. Uh, But really, I guess I don't want to just Shine all the shiny stars. It didn't. It hasn't always been that easy, as you well know. Probably, um, I was raised by a single mom, and so I got to see her uh, work her tail off. Honestly, work really, really hard. A lot of times, two and three jobs, and um, we we always had what we needed, not always what we wanted, but what we needed. And so I can thank her for that. Really, in addition to what I got from her, outside of just being you know covered and my knees, taken care of, but was this indestructible mindset, like. Never give up, fight till the end, do everything with excellence. You know, so for me, I guess the mission that I'm on now is to be able to take that same bulletproof mindset and match it with my sales background, my experience and and success in business, in systems, team development, you know, all that fun stuff, and be able to help other entrepreneurs do those same things. For for me, when I had systems and team process and raising up leaders in my businesses, I was able to then step out of what I was calling my business. It really it was a whirlwind. It wasn't business. It was a whirlwind, right? <laughs> and maybe some other people can relate to that. But I was able to step out of that into freedom. For me, it was able to then start the next business. But for other people, it might just be work on other parts of the business or whatever that freedom looks like. But that's that's what comes with systems. And that's what I'm excited about helping entrepreneurs do.
2: Oh, my gosh, there are so many. You said a million amazing things that I can't wait to dive into. So the first thing that I I love what you said is, you know, you've done it from both sides. You know, you've been the salesperson and you are the salesperson, but you've been, you know, out there in the field, but then you've also been the leader. So you know, I would imagine, you know, having been in both sides, you're able to really lead your people from a place of integrity and trust and, you know, all of these values that are so important in order to be a great leader. So I I love that you've, you know, kind of been on all these different sides and 50 employees in three states. Like, can we just like (laughs) round of applause? Like, that is amazing. I, I've built a team before, not to that size, but uh, I think that is incredible. And I know that, you know, no matter the size and in the industry and in whatever field that you're in, I know how important it is to, um, you know, really build a team from a place of, again, trust. And so, you know, I wonder what you think of this concept. Uh, you know, I really believe that a great leader creates more leaders. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that?
0: No, it's it's a hundred percent true. I'll give you a couple different examples of what I've gone through to be able to maybe give some practicality to that. Um, I was a I was a sales manager um, for an advertising company and uh, very successful. Um, I, I I wasn't at that time. I was super young. Um, I started in that sales role when I was twenty one, and so I was a good salesperson, but I was still learning. Communication maybe not so be so as blunt or as uh, direct or maybe aggressive or intimidating, right? And so through that year of of just hardcore cold calling, right on the phone, just hammering the phone every day, I was really able to develop not to the person I am today, but enough to where I felt like I could step into a leadership role and um, be able to to lead people, right? So that's the step one of what you said: be able to lead people, be able to connect with people, be able to empathize, but yet hold people accountable, be able to move the needle, not only for yourself, because their success was my success, right? Like if they did well, then my family got to eat, but it's because I genuinely cared about them. I wanted them to do well, right? The next layer to that, what you're asking about is then creating new leaders. It was an amazing feeling for me to not only have a a top sales team at that time, but then any new sales team that was created. I'll give you an example. Um, like a, a person would be hired, right. As a sales manager. And then they would take a couple people from all these different teams and kind of create like a little base. And then they would hire some new people in, and then off they go with their new team. So at that time, when I was in that role, I had the most managers become like that would either on my team or were sent to my team to be groomed, to become a manager. So they came to my team, I groomed them. They became a manager. The problem, quote unquote, maybe was that when not only did they, they leave my team, which then, you know, hurt my production, not really, but you know, a negative person might see it that way. So I lost that person that I'd been investing in, and grooming and all this stuff. Right. But then they would typically take another person or two because they knew I could handle it. And it was just like, oh my gosh, my brain's about to explode. And I got to replace three awesome people. But the feeling that I got from, wow, like I get to watch then this person take their team and explode into their own person, their own leader, their own thing for their business or for for their career or, you know, whatever. Because I've done that in multiple stages. That's just an example. But there is a difference. You're right. A good leader produces other leaders flat out. And if you haven't gotten to that stage yet in your life, that's okay. It just means that you need to start now looking at not just how do you be successful in creating a team. But then how do you further your people? I've had so many people come to me, even through my retail franchises, that I've literally created new positions in order to keep them, right? And then eventually, I've even had some people have to move on because I don't have another position for them, right? And that's okay because guess what? While they were with me, my hope, and I would tell them this, is that they learned, that they grew, that I prepped them for whatever opportunity was next for them because that's my responsibility. That's my duty.
2: Oh, so many beautiful things that just like, I actually got goosebumps when you were talking. (laughs) So I love that you were saying that, you know, first of all, that you have such a positive mindset about, you know, people moving on people that you've invested so much time and energy and, you know, like, you know, literally putting like your life, you know, experience and what you've learned into these people and you did your job so well That they, quote, didn't need you anymore, which I know that isn't the case, but, you know, that they were able to move kind of beyond. I think that is a beautiful thing. And I think that says so much about you as a leader um, and also just as a human that you have that mindset of, you know, that, okay, I was able to help this person and I was able to help shape this person's career um, and take them to the next level. So what a beautiful thing and what an amazing accomplishment. And I think that says so much about you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. It's been a fun journey. It really is when you see it from that perspective, because otherwise it's just going to always be like you're losing out Um, or or you never create any more and it's just always about you and growth can't happen in that environment either.
2: Mm, Okay. I like what you said. If you're focused on like the lack almost, then you're going to continue to receive lack. So, okay. So something you talked about a minute ago that I want to go back to that now you're making me think of. So you were talking about, you know, mindset and our thoughts and it's like, you know, how we shape our thoughts, shape our actions and our future. So tell me more about this dot discipline of thought. What is, what does that mean exactly? D
0: O T baby D O T. All right. So I have to say that um, I didn't I didn't personally create this, but I have just picked up the the, the flag, if you will. When I first started in phone sales, I had already been in sales, insurance sales, retail sales, but this is I'm 21 at this time, so I'll, even at that time, I already had five years of sales experience, right? <laughs> so I'm I'm 21. I have this amazing sales manager, okay. And she has on this wall. She didn't. She didn't make it up either. But it was just another person in the organization. I think it was just an idea that they had. But this sales manager had it on the wall. Like, in fact, I've got. You saw the deal obviously on social media. That's why you're asking. But I've got. I've got the sign right there on my wall. Um, <laughs> I, I printed. Like, it's not just something that I give out as content. This is something that I. I eat and breathe the, the stuff that I believe. Right. So it's on my wall right there. It's got my logo, bulletproof sales. Right. It's got my other logo, Wolfden Consulting. I'm all proud. Right. But the 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 main piece of it is this 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 bullseye and it says D O T discipline of thought. Now for me when I learned that, it was keeping people accountable to a positive forward thinking thought process. So in sales, it was, oh that's that phone call sucked or oh man that guy's a joker or whatever you could possibly think of in a negative sense. But oftentimes it would whether it came out verbally or not, it came out in your actions we created this culture or my sales manager created this culture around. No, no, no. Like, stop it right there. Stop, stop the thought right there. You have to have discipline of your thought. And she would literally be like, no, 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 go slap the wall. So we'd go over, slap the target and be like D O T. And the whole team was on it. So it didn't even have to be her. It wasn't like her regulating it. It was someone else on the team going, whoa, 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 bro, 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 clean that stuff up, hit the D O T sign, you know? And so we had this almost accountability in our group of like, No, in order to achieve things that we've never achieved before, we first have to think like we've never thought before. Number two, we then have to do the things that we've never done before. So it all starts from the groundwork. So for me in my, whether it be sales training or whether it be my consulting or even in my franchising, it has to be something that starts with thought. And you have to control those thoughts, which comes into the word of discipline. You have to have discipline over your thought.
2: Mm. Ah. Many yes, yes to all of that. I love that. You know, I know for me, you know, in the past couple of years, you know, I went through a lot of different stuff in my life. And, you know, I, I know that I, my thoughts were not disciplined. I'll put it that way. You know, I've definitely, you know, kept seeing, you know, let's, you know, when people say, you know, you wake up and, you know, did you have a bad five minutes and then your whole day, you made your whole day bad or, you know, like it, it just, I I didn't understand the concept of how, you know, having my mindset right would change my whole business. And once I kind of had that light bulb moment, it's, it was incredible how my business just blew up, blew up. And people were like, what are you doing differently? I'm like, I'm just, I've just changed my thoughts. I literally just rearranged my thoughts. I love what you said about someone interrupted you, like interrupting negative thoughts. Like it's amazing how these changes can happen again, not just in yourself, but in your business. And that will ripple effect into the people around you because you are who you surround yourself with, right? It's just incredible how all these things will just start falling into place once you just change your thoughts. So I love this DOT, this is new to me in this format. So thank you for sharing this with me. I'm very excited by it. Absolutely. Beautiful. So something that I was um, seeing on your social media, you were talking about, you you said this thing that where you were asking other people, if you could go back and give advice to your 18-year-old self, what would that be? And I was reading some of the comments and they were very interesting. And now I want to know, what would you tell your 18-year-old self?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. And I I answered it on there. I kept it a little bit general. Um, But my answer to my 18-year-old self is, I know, I know, the long game. It seems long, but it's not that long. Get good at the long game. So for me, I'm just an extremely urgent individual, right? I got really big aspirations. I'm really, really urgent and I want everything to be perfect. (laughs) It's like, but those things often can't coexist or they can, but it's a matter of process. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of evolving. It's a matter of me growing up, right? Matter of me being able to grow up in my mindset, growing up in my uh, financial discipline or my leadership or my whatever, right? So the 18-year-old Chaz was um, graduating high school, had already been working full-time, had already made a big decision. I played basketball all the way through, like from like nine or eight, all the way through high school and um was wanting to go to college and play ball but i stopped the middle of my uh senior year no actually it was my junior year i was 17 when i said you know what i'm probably not going to go pro i might go d2 probably not even d1 i mean i was an okay ball player but for me at 17 to go logically what does the rest of my life look like it probably isn't me playing professional basketball what can i do now practical steps to be able to really take off in my future. Now, you can only think so big at 17, or at least I can only think so big being in the environment that I was in. Now, my children, I hope that at that 17, they're like me now, like maybe beyond me, right? Because of the environment that I'm creating. But at 17, for me, the environment that I had and, and who I was, that's who I was. I was ready to maybe go to college or, or something, figure it out. I didn't really know, but this is what I would say. Hey, get good at the long game. Don't take shortcuts. Not that I took shortcuts, but- the long game just seems so long like retirement or making a lot of money or success or having a family or whatever just seemed so like, I just wanted to get it done. I want to get it done. I want to get it done. Right. So, I mean, I was dating my wife. Now we, we met at 18 and 17 in high school. I would have married her then. Like that's how crazy I am, (laughs) but that's also how I know. Like I, I just know that I know things like not, not to like, I'm not like no knowledge, I knew she was the one. And so I was ready to go all in and commit right at 18 and 17. And I figured, well, I should probably wait till she gets out of high school to ask her parents (laughs) before. You know, that's just that's just who I am. So the 18 year old Chaz, it's like, okay, chill out. Don't chill out, like slow down, but just realize that the long game is long and it's okay. It's not really that long because here in about a quick second, you're going to be 33 on this podcast show with Lauren Heath and they're going to have done all these things that you're either going to be proud of or not proud of. So uh, hopefully that answers the question.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you were saying. Like, you know, (laughs) you, you almost kind of like talked yourself down for a second. You're like, okay, hang on, let me take a step back here. Um, And you kind of looked at things logically, which is amazing. I, I don't know that I could have done the same thing at 17 or 18 to put on your logical hat instead of your, you know, hormonal, you know, whatever we are at 17, 18. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love also what you were saying about, you know, you knew, like you knew you wanted to marry your wife. You knew that you, you knew that you didn't want to play basketball. You didn't, you weren't going to focus there. You knew that you had other aspirations. I think that's so important that like, you know, we all have this like inner voice that I think, you know, tells us when we can or can't do something. Um, I know I identify as a very intuitive person, hence the name Empathpreneur. Like I'm very in touch with myself and my feelings and I'm all about empathy and yeah. how to integrate that into business. And so one thing that I've gotten really good at over the years is listening to my own gut and my own intuition. And I know that when my mindset wasn't right, I wasn't able to really listen to that voice And any time I didn't. I was like making the wrong choices, so to speak. So I think that's really beautiful that you had that um, foresight at such a young age. Like that's that's a really incredible thing.
0: I guess what i would say to the listeners out there who maybe they didn't they couldn't have grasped themselves like you said at 17 getting that but that doesn't mean that at 25 you can't get it or at 35 or at 55 there are things right now that i would say if 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 you pulled my grandmother 77 years old she she does a lot of my admin she does a lot of my uh uh like office stuff because she loves it not because i need her to do it but because she loves doing that type of stuff and I do need someone to do it. And so we partner in that way. And in the midst of us working together now for almost 10 years, she would, she would literally stay, stand right here next to me and say, I cannot tell you the things that I've learned or that I've grown or that I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone because of when I see Chaz, uh, with a client or when I'm, I have her transcribe my zoom calls, like, So I, I send her the zoom calls and she transcribes them so I can use them for content and stuff. And so she's going through my sales training Right, <laughs> right. Repetitively, at seventy-seven years old, as she's transcribing, and she tells me almost every single week, "I can't, I, I, can't believe how you broke this down. It was awesome, and I learned, and and I used it at the da 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 store, and blah blah blah." And so, at seventy-seven, she's still learning and growing. My point is that whether you're seventeen or seventy-seven, the opportunity is still there for you to be able to grow, change, develop, lean in. You know, and and I, I haven't made it by any means at all. I'm looking to like, you know hit the moon you know so i don't even think i've made it there and so i think at 33 it's like wow what what else is left i think that's the mindset that we all have at whatever age is what else is left what what am i really doing here what's my purpose why am i really doing this one of my phrases that i use in life is unto what it's kind of weird english but i say unto what why am i doing this why am i on this podcast right now why am i talking to you why am i at the podmax event because i want to do abc i want to get my name out i want to be able to connect with new people i want to be able to whatever, whatever. Why am I doing that? Well, because I want to grow my business. Why am I want to do that? Well, because I want to make money. Why do you want to do that? Well, because I want to put money in the real estate. Why, why do you want to put money into real estate? Well, it's because I have children and I want passive income. So that way when they turn 17, it's not a matter of, hey, uh, you don't have a clue what you're going to do. And I have, and you have no idea how to work finances, but you've now had a father and, and a mother, but a father has taught you business and taught you finance and, and taught you how to do passive income. And he showed you everything that he's done. So that way you can take it and then 10 x it. hopefully my grandchildren one day build something that i can't even think of you know what i mean
2: <laughs> oh my gosh first of all i love that you ha- like your, you work with your grandma like i think that's incredible it says something about you first of all um, and i think it says so much about her too totally i i think that it's really easy for you know us to you know maybe place judgments when it comes to age of what people are and aren't capable of and i think that it's amazing that you know she has taken the step and like it works with you like that's incredible and also working with family i know some people have different opinions on family and business so i think that's just a beautiful thing and i love that she is you know absorbing all of this knowledge that you are you know imparting with her and and i think it goes back to you again wanting to share your knowledge and your, your experience with people. And I just think that's incredible. Um, What you're talking about, you know, what I'm thinking of what you're saying is the importance of having a why I'm hearing you say that you're doing all this because, you know, and you shared all these reasons why. So why do you think that, you know, most people, I shouldn't say most people, why do you think that some people struggle to figure out what the next steps are? And do you think that's related to their why or whether they have a why or they don't have a why?
0: I do. I do. And and typically it's because they're, it, they don't have it or they don't understand it. So for, for the person that's out there that is bored or the person that is out there that they don't feel like they're fulfilling any sort of purpose or the perp- person that's out there that, um, has achieved a bunch, but then they're just like, man, You know, like they're at the top of the mountain and then that's it, you know, like there's no, there's no continuance. There's no nothing. Right. And, and I would say that I learned personally, um, from, from Grant Cardone that you can't think bigger unless you have a bigger goal, you have a bigger thing. And so for me, I love achieving things, but what I learned from maybe like the 10 X mentality was that right about the time that I get to achieving that goal, I need to reset it and make it bigger. Because if I don't have something further to go after, and it's not about not being content, because right? there's a big difference between being grateful and content in what you have and wanting more. Now for me, I know that's how I'm designed. I'm designed, I'm, I was made by a creator who looks inside of me and says, I've designed Chaz to be a builder, uh, a creator, a pusher, a shover, uh, a get things done type of a guy. And so if I don't continue that, personally, on the inside of me, I'm going against the the very fabric of who I am. I would also say then someone else that might be listening may not be much of like, well, I can't push as hard or I don't want to push as hard or right. Maybe I'm content, right? And that's okay. You can be content. You can be grateful for where you're at, but there's still something inside of you that you haven't achieved or maybe become. There's still an angle of who you are, or maybe a talent that you have that hasn't been exposed or that hasn't been used to its full potential. And when you see it like from that angle, it's it's what Grant says is it's your duty. It's your obligation to then get that out there because it was given to you to do so, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for the listeners who maybe, you know, what you're saying is resonating with them, they they want to figure out, you know, what their talent is. Maybe they haven't quite identified that. How, what would you say to those folks?
0: Yeah, uh, well, I love how there. you can, so you can listen to different, gurus out there some gurus will tell you just go make money and everything is solved with money right then you listen to other gurus who are like just do what you love Mm -hmm. and sometimes what you love doesn't make any money (laughs) and sometimes just making money burns you out or it leads you to a place where you don't like there's no there's no there's no love there's no there's no feeling behind it right so what I would say is you have to be able to mirror those two, two things together now for me As an entrepreneur or someone in the sales world, I don't necessarily love making a cold call, right? I don't necessarily love walking into a room of new people and shaking everyone's hand because I'm not necessarily, believe it or not, an extrovert. I'm a learned extrovert, right? So I know what the benefit of walking into a room and being extroverted can do for me, right? So I would say to that person is that I have had to do things that I didn't quote unquote like or love but I chose to do them because it got me what I wanted. So again, it goes all back to the purpose or the why. When you clearly identify your why, then you see through the lens of your why. And everything that you do each day, whether it be be on this show with you, or whether it be take my kids to uh, a dance recital or go to the park, or I go to uh, a weekly breakfast with my grandma, right? Like I do things on purpose because it's through the lens of what I want. And if the task in front of me doesn't line up with, does this get me what I want, then I don't do it. Mm. it gets me what I want. I do it. And I try to repeat that action. <laughs> and I try to do more of that like action, you know, but if it doesn't get me what I want, I just x it, get it out. Does that make sense?
2: Makes total sense. I love that. Oh, I love that. It's so beautiful. I think oftentimes, you know, we do things because we feel like we are supposed to do them right. right. You know, like, okay, well, I said that I was going to do X, Y, Z by X date, and then maybe something changes. And it's like, you can give yourself permission to change that as long as it's in alignment with your why. What's right. that, um, the, uh, Simon Sinek quote, people don't buy what you do, how you do it. They buy why you do it. So I oh. think as long as you're in touch with that, why, Everything can be changed and move as long as it fits under that you know, overarching umbrella. I think that's just a beautiful thing.
0: Absolutely. And here, Here's what I would say to a, li- a listener today. Practically, what you just described is utopia. That's the perfect scenario, right? And here's what a lot of people do is they hide in what they think that is them staying with their why. So they didn't hit their target in that example that you just said. And so they change the target, which is absolutely okay, or, or extend it or whatever, right? You, you don't lower the target, you just change it, you maneuver it, you do whatever. But you can't hide in that continually not hitting the target, mm. right? You can't keep moving the target or changing the path. Because for me, it's like you don't change the target, but you can change the path to get there. And that's kind of what you just said, right? But some people will hide in the fact of changing the way to get there. And they'll change the target, they'll ah. they're, or they'll lower the target, right? Because they don't, fe- because maybe they didn't have as much success as they had hoped, or maybe it was a harder road than they had anticipated, right? So it goes back to your beginning mindset of going, that's what I want, that's what I will absolutely get, and now I need to plan for like the absolute worst case scenario, and of course the best case scenario. But but the worst case scenario is that I know the effort that's going to take to lean into this thing, and that way I don't have to lower the target. I might have to adjust or move or maybe change my path, but I'm not going to hide in, I'm going to change the target. And therefore, you're always just changing. You're never really growing. You're never really holding yourself accountable. Part of it is holding yourself accountable. But the other part of it is like, hey, man, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to maybe fall short. If you set a big enough target and you fall short, I bet you, you still did some awesome things. That's kind of the point.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have to be okay with making mistakes and being imperfect. And I love what you said about changing the path, not moving the target, just changing the path to get there. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm li- I'm taking this very literally. I'm picturing like a big old field with like a target, you know, at the very end. And it's like, okay, instead of, you know, maybe... Um, you know, make, okay, maybe that target's a little too far. Let me, let me scoot it a little bit closer. Instead of that, it's like, okay, well maybe you go over here and try to get it from this angle, or maybe I need to go stand on this ladder in order to have it hit. So it's, I think just, it's just amazing. And um, you know, I know for me, something that I do when I'm feeling a little stuck is I, you know, talk to other people, you know, what's the saying? Like, you know, you're the five people that you surround yourself with. Um, You know, I surround myself with people who have big ideas and I know that's the whole point of why you're here. You know, you're trying to meet new people. And um, so I think that's a really beautiful thing because, you know, maybe we can't see what attacking that target and trying to hit it from a different angle is, but if we share our thoughts with the people around us and we're able to kind of share our goals and people that understand our why, it makes it so much easier to get there. 100%, 100%.
0: 100%, 100%. And in my in my sales course, I've got a module called Fuel to the Fire. And this is one of the things that I honestly believe is a game changer is not only just surrounding yourself with people, physical people or virtual people, but uh, books, um, things that you're watching, not watching, um, things that you physically do with your family or don't do or with your friends. Like it, it literally is like an input output. And what you put in absolutely comes out. And sometimes not immediately. Sometimes it's, you're training your subconscious to do something that you don't even realize. And years later it comes out and you're like, where the heck did that come from? And it's like, well, dang, I was teaching myself to do this, whether it be a good thing or possibly a bad thing. And you're like, Ooh, how do I undo this? How do I rewire this? Right. Either way it could be a, it could be an impact in the future.
2: Oh yeah. It's that long game that you were talking about before. Yeah. Oh, I'm picturing like, you know, I'm visual, I'm always imagining a visual song, picturing like, you plant a seed and, you know, we're not seeing anything coming up, you know, for maybe a year or something, but we don't see underneath all these roots are growing and they're implanting themselves they're getting stronger. So yeah, I think it's all about just like consistency and keep putting in that water and watering in and putting in that work so that eventually we do have this big blossoming tree that we've built, you know, starting at 17 years old when we told ourselves, okay, I'm not going to play basketball, but I have this other vision. So I love that you've been able to kind of put some of those things into place at a young age. And it sounds like now they're, you know, sounds like much sooner, but especially now they're really kind of coming into play for you.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Those are super kind words. When you were saying that, what I got, I think a lot of listeners are hearing this and and then applying it to themselves, which is perfect. Like that, that's exactly the application we're talking about. For, For me, I also extend these things to then the people that I impact, right? My team's, what I'm doing with them. We talked about raising up leaders. Like That's how a leader thinks. A leader who develops leaders, when they hear things like this, they think about, oh yeah, that's good. I need to write that down for me. I need to write that on my mirror. I need to make a change. But it's also then what, what's the next ripple, right? The next ripple is then who am I in communication with every day that that also either needs to hear this or maybe needs to see the change in me or I need to help you know communicate with them so that way we can work through it together. I love that being vulnerable with my team. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm not perfect in this. Can you help me with ABC, whatever? More importantly, thinking about like uh, work teams, I'm thinking about my team, like my little wolf pack, right? I got, I got kiddos, right? I got my wife. And so for me, it's like raise, like you talk about the roots and stuff. Like for me, that's how I see parenting, which is the same way that you grow up leaders. It's the same thing, right? So my seven-year-old daughter, my four-year-old daughter, my one-and-a-half-year-old son are eventually going to be. 25, 22 and whatever the, you know, whatever the the ages are. But I I hope at that point when the tree is there, that there's fruit because it's right now, it's me watering. It's me uh, putting the sunshine. It's me. You know, I've never, I don't raise plants at all of any kind, but I've heard you could talk to plants and and you can raise them up and you can speak over them and you can be encouraging and you can play music and all these things you can do with a plant. Right? So that's what I'm doing with my kids because it's the roots right now because later, when they have whatever I've built, I don't want them to walk into something and be like, I've arrived. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're going to have a road just like I had of hard work and dedication and bulletproof mindset like we talked about at the beginning that I learned from my mom. Their road's going to look different because I'm going to have structured things different. And they're going to have a platform to stand on to be able to you know, stand on my shoulders, if you will. But right now it's the roots. And, and if I don't get the roots right, like you said- there's no tree.
2: Yeah. And I love how you were, you know, comparing, you know, having like your family and your kids and your team. It's all it's all connected. And like well, I'm picturing, you know your team and your kids or anyone's, you know, who's listening, if they've, you know, kind of built this really strong foundation of mindset, when you do get to that road or, you know, when you're looking at that target, that's so far in the distance and you're missing it, you know, maybe you're more, I know for me, I get excited. I'm like, oh, okay, that didn't work. Let me try this. And I get excited because it's like a, it's a challenge. And so I think seeing, you know, quote failures, um, you know, I get excited whenever I fail. Like I love failure. So I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what can I do next to like try again? So I, I love what, everything that you're saying and this foundation of mindset and with sales and everything that you do is just, it's, it's a great. I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours already. And we just met today, so.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, you're right. The failures, you have to be excited to fail. And in fact, I was just talking to somebody on social media just a couple of days ago about this. And it's like, what are the hacks to get around failure? and and my thought was well i don't i don't want to get around failure i just want to hurry up and get through it right i know that there are dues to pay now what i can learn from my mom or from other people around me can help me maybe avoid certain pitfalls right but i'm still going to experience failure i'm still going to have to pay my dues just like i just explained with my children like the scenario like just because I'm going to have built something ahead of them. Doesn't mean that they're not going to have failure. It doesn't mean that they're not going to take a scenario and, and, and fail. They're not going to open up a business like I did and fail. They probably will. Guess what? And when I shut that business down, I turned off the light and I said, let's go crush it in another one. You know, so you have to have those moments where you're like, okay, I want to hurry up and get through it. Not like through whatever the pain is, because I want to hurry up and get to it and then learn the lesson through the pain, Right. And then after it's like, okay, I got it. I got the lesson. I got the, I got the pain. I can feel it. Let's roll. It's Ooh. my dude. Gotta pay, gotta, gotta pay him.
2: I got goosebumps again. I, you're speaking my language. Cause that's literally what I'm going through right now. I'm, I literally just announced this week, you know, that I'm shutting down my other business, my pet care business. So I'm going all in on this new venture of helping small business owners with social media. So I love what you're saying. It's just, you know, turning off the light all right, this is what I've learned. I'm grateful and let me just move forward. So oh, I, I love that. I think it's really great. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure to chat with you and get to know you. I know that our listeners are probably wondering, you know, how do I connect with you? Where can I find you online, Chaz?
0: Absolutely. Well, of course, on social media, but my website, ChazWolf.com, C-H-A-Z-W-O-L-F-E.com. You can see there all the things that we've talked about today, but specifically um, helping entrepreneurs uh, create systems, um, plan for strategic growth, having predictable revenue um, being able to help sales pros uh, with the sales process, or if you're an entrepreneur that has a sales team, those are the things that I'm, I'm uh, on a mission to do, like I said at the beginning. And you can find all that there at chazwolf.com.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Chaz. Appreciate you and hope you take care.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Lauren.